This isn't something that just every trans person has to go through or every fat person or every chronically ill person has to go through. It should not be this way. And it is painful. It takes strangers telling you, yo, that was messed up for you to realize like, okay, hold on. I shouldn't have gone through that and nobody should go through that. And that that actually should not be part of my everyday life. It's the TMI Project Podcast, a series of stories about the too much information parts of ourselves we usually leave out because we're too ashamed or embarrassed. I'm your host, Eva Tenuto. This is Season 3, Stories for Choice. Before we get started, just want to let you know that as the TMI implies, some content might be too much information for some listeners. And remember, your support keeps our content free and accessible to everyone who wants to listen, so... If you like what you hear and you're able to chip in, you can do so at tmiproject.org, where you'll also find some really great merch. Either way, thank you. We are so glad you're listening. Let's dive right in. When thinking about choice in healthcare, it is important to consider all of the ways control is attempted over different people's bodies. At the time of this recording, there are 26 anti-trans bills up for legislation with goals ranging from limiting access to gender-affirming health care to barring trans students from participating in sports to criminalizing parents of trans youth who support their children's right to express their true identity. In this episode, we introduce you to Rain and hear a story about what he goes through during a routine visit for a prescription hormone refill and why he vows never to go back to the doctor again. But what happens when he's later faced with a medical emergency? What does one do when they don't feel safe going to the doctor, but not going could cost them their life? This is Rain sharing his experience at a performance called Gift of a Story in Kingston, New York in 2020. Stick around after to hear what Rain is up to today. Where's that smell coming from? This is the question my fiancé has been asking for the past month. A relatively harmless question if the answer was something easily fixable, like the trash or the litter box. However, today, when they ask me this as we crawl into bed for the night, it breaks me. I know where the smell is coming from and what has to be done to dispel it. And I know the time has come to finally fess up. Smell my breath, I say. They do, and they make the exact face I was worried about them making. I'm the reason our apartment has been taken over by a strange smell, a combination of rubbing alcohol and sugar. I've known for a month now that the smell means there's something wrong with me, but I'm not ready to face it. My brain's all fuzzy, and I can't concentrate on anything. I can't sleep a full night because I'm getting up every 20 minutes to go to the bathroom. I can barely keep down food, and I feel like I'm constantly on the edge of passing out. And then, of course, there's that smell. It hangs on my breath and tinges everything I taste. Like any self-respecting American, I take to Google to figure out what's wrong with me. And I'm horrified by the results. I'm in diabetic ketoacidosis. The dangerous precipice an undiagnosed diabetic hangs on before they fall into a diabetic coma. Uh, 
I've spent the past month convincing myself that this simply can't be the case. There's no way I'm diabetic. The word feels dirty on my tongue. Even more than that, I cannot go to the doctor. I don't trust doctors. I'm fat and I'm trans. Because of that, doctors are notoriously bad at taking care of me. It's just three years ago, and I go to an endocrinologist to get a routine refill of my testosterone. I'm trapped in his exam room for nearly six hours, and he treats me like a lab experiment. The appointment starts seemingly normal, at least for me. I go through the uncomfortable, I'm here because I'm trans, small talk with the nurse. After keeping me waiting alone in the room for an hour, though, the doctor arrives. He seems amazed that a real-life trans person is in front of him and asks me a ton of invasive questions. When you were little, how did you know you wanted to be a boy? How big has your clit grown? What's happened to your breasts? Do you want to fuck men anymore? He leaves and comes back with long stretches of time in between. He stops one of his interns from seeing another patient to instead come in and ogle at me. During those stretches of time, he sends in research assistants and nurses to question me further. As I sit in the windowless room, I text my fiance, I feel like an animal. Finally, after what feels like an endless rotation of researchers and nurses saying that they are collecting data to research I didn't consent to, a nurse comes in with a gown. Why do I need this? I ask. She says, the doctor wants to examine you. Take off all your clothes, including your underwear. I persist further, asking why that's necessary. She doesn't have an answer. I say I'm uncomfortable doing that and break down crying. I see the empathy in her eyes, and she says she'll see what she can do. I'm sure she does her best, but the doctor comes back into the room. We're all one big family here. You help us, we help you. He closes the door behind him. In order for me to refill your hormones, you will need to undress completely for me so I can study your body. I don't feel comfortable with that, I say. I know there's no need for him to do so and that something terrible will happen if I oblige. He looks hungry when he stares at me. He insists on seeing my genitals and I keep telling him no. I contemplate just getting up and simply walking out. However, I'm desperate for my hormones, so I compromise with him, only removing my shirt. He lays me down and points out parts of my body to three separate research assistants. He continues to pressure me to take off my pants, and I keep refusing. So he denies me my hormones. He mumbles something about being uncooperative and tells me if he can't see me, he'll need to do an ultrasound. He writes me a referral for an ultrasound, putting Miss in large letters in front of my name on the referral. Now, my fiancé and I sit together on the bed. Despite my fear of doctors, the look of worry on their face for the last few weeks has been too much for me. My fiancé can see I've been struggling and shrugging it off. That's why I know I have to crack and fess up. I can't keep putting them through this, and I can't keep putting myself through this. I let it all out. I say the words, what if I have diabetes, out loud for the first time. I'm so scared to admit it, I'm shaking. No matter what doctors have done to me, 
I know I am experiencing a medical emergency and I have to see someone immediately. With the support and guidance of my partner, I work up the courage to get myself into the office and receive a diagnosis, insulin, and lots of paperwork. The smell is gone from our house now and the world is no longer fuzzy. I have to be honest, I still don't trust doctors, but I realize if I had waited even a couple more days to take that appointment, I would have ended up hospitalized and possibly with severe nerve damage. This experience has helped me realize I deserve health, even if I have to fight for it, even if it can be traumatizing to receive sometimes. I am not just my BMI or my hormone regimen or an experimental treatment. I don't exist to help prove doctors' theories, and it is their job to help me. I am a complex human with complex needs, just as all of us are. It is impossible to define all of me in a single medical chart. And I dare a doctor to try and tell me otherwise. We caught up with Rain recently, and here's what he had to say. Before I went through the process of writing this story, uh, I did not think that taking care of my health was something that I deserved. After telling my story, I felt very empowered. It was a lot easier for me to advocate for myself and to honestly really tell off some of the doctors that I was seeing. The, the doctor that I'm seeing currently, I didn't let anything slide. A very special thanks to Rain for sharing his story. Next up is Tamika, daughter of a pastor, who shares her story about building herself back up after the church community tried to knock her down when she became pregnant at 15. I'm Eva Tenuto. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. TMI Project is available to offer true storytelling workshops and performances for your school or workplace. This episode of Season 3 of the TMI Project podcast, Stories for Choice, was produced in partnership with Radio Kingston. It was written by me and edited, produced, and mixed by Daisha Clay. Our theme song is Secrets by Edison Woods. Our operations and programs manager is Blake File. Our marketing and digital coordinator is Laura Marie Ruoko. Our administrative assistant is Elijah Jackson. Our graphic designer is Lauren Gill. Our workshop leaders are Perla Iora, Capely Kalnick, Haley Downs, Jonathan Gonzalez, Rain Grayson, Ray Lipkin, Dara Laurie, Micah, Julie Novak, Blake File, and me, Eva Tenuto. To learn more, support our work, and find a special writing prompt so you can start telling your story, visit tmiproject.org slash podcast. <laughs> <laughs>